0: Lord, give to Only you. Lord. Lord, thank you so much that you speak directly to us. Oh, the path of the righteous—it's narrow, it's straight, but it leads you to my gates. And why is the path that leads to destruction? Oh, stay on the right path. I'll make sure your feet will not slip. I'll make sure your steps are in the right place. Don't be afraid to walk on that narrow path. For it is that path that leads to life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You may have your seats. Thank you, signature worship team. Hallelujah. Well, ladies, this Friday it's going to be woven at 6 p.m. It's a great time.
1: And uh, this coming Of have
0: Keela, and, uh, she's just going to be a great blessing. Amen. We went to the same school together, just at different times. And then also, coming up at the end of this month, October 30th and 31st, we're having our Everyday Hero Men's Conference for ages 12 and up. Man, it's going to be a great time. Yeah. You're going to be blessed, favored, and you're going to experience increase. Amen. So, uh. I look forward to seeing you and bringing all those who are going to come and uh, praise God. Glory to God. God is good. Amen. Amen. And you know, uh, when you invest your time, talent, and treasure into God's kingdom, He will always be sure that you will give a return. And our our sowing is is just that. It's seed, time, and harvest. And uh, God doesn't want you to be discouraged from, or He doesn't want you to get weary in doing good, especially to the household of faith. So uh, anytime that you have an opportunity to give, you're investing in God's kingdom. And uh, Lord, I just thank you for every gift and every giver, and we call them blessed and favored by you in Jesus' name. And those of you that are online, you can do the same as well. Get in on it. You know, the anointing that you sow into is the anointing that you receive from. Hallelujah. All right, are you ready for the word this morning? <laughs> this evening? This morning has been so good, it's just carrying on. Uh, but we're glad you're here, and... We're going to take a little bit different direction than what we've been going tonight. I want you to go to the book of Mark, chapter 11. You know, it's always good to review some things, especially with the Holy Spirit, because He gives you different perspectives. He gives you greater insights. And I want to encourage you tonight to have faith in God. Did you know that your faith in God... Uh, Cures everything. Hallelujah. First of all, faith pleases God. It brings about miracles. It saves people. It saves us from hell. It heals sick bodies. It enables people to do great things. Faith. In God. It overcomes evil. It promotes good. It carries out God's plan. It's His divine formula for success. It does the impossible, it sees the invisible. It overcomes barriers and obstacles. It brings heaven's atmosphere to earth, and it comes from God. And God speaks the language of faith. Amen? So in the book of Mark, chapter 11, starting with verse 20, and in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. And Jesus, answering, said unto them, Have faith in God. He said, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive. For if you have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, Neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive our trespasses. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? So here we see how Jesus demonstrated true, real, sincere, and genuine faith. He did it by cursing a tree, And he did it in a way where the disciples heard what he said... And they saw what happened when he spoke. Alright? So, real faith, we know that from this passage, real faith works and produces good results. You know, you may have heard the phrase, well this person is a person of faith. Well, that could mean a lot of things. It, it, It could not necessarily mean that they have Bible faith. It means that maybe they identify with a particular organization or denomination. But you know, to have faith means you resemble the source of faith. You talk like it, you act like it, alright? So what were the results? The fig tree dried up. Say the the fig tree dried up. All Jesus did... We'll stay true. We're gonna look at what he said here in a little bit. So, real faith is always going to produce results, it's always going to work. Real faith has firm evidence. It's the evidence of things not seen. What did Peter say about the fig tree? It dried up from where?
1: From
0: Can you see the roots? They're underground. Now some trees have the roots sticking out, but what Jesus did went from the inside out. What he said. So faith has firm evidence. In other words, you can point or you can describe what faith did. Because faith... You'll see evidence of faith at work. When I got born again, I was a religious person. I went to church, but I had no idea who God was. I knew there was a God, but I didn't know Him personally until the night I met Him. And I I remember He came into my life, and when He did, things changed. My perspective changed. I, I felt alive. I felt joy. Felt great. When I accepted the message, I saw the evidence. I saw, I saw what faith did in me. Because real faith has firm evidence. Real faith is bold, confident assurance, and a firm persuasion that it is. Every second, it is. Yes. When you are in faith, you know that it cannot go any other way. Other than the way faith says it should be. Did Jesus look back after he spoke to the fig tree? Did he even check it the next day? No, it was Peter that saw it. It was Peter that said something about it. And do you realize after he cursed the fig tree, he didn't even talk about the tree. He talked about God. Yeah. We're going to get to that too. When real faith speaks, it can walk away knowing the word has been given a task or assignment and it is working. See, when you're in faith, you've got to have confidence in your command or your declaration. When Jesus stood in front of the tomb of Lazarus, or when, when he was talking to Mary and she said, oh if you, Lord if you were here, you know Lazarus would have been healed he didn't say, well I think I might be the resurrection of the life
1: <laughs> did he? No. no. he said, I am the resurrection
0: of the life, he see, faith is confidence, faith is assurance, faith is a firm persuasion okay. so If you can't speak confidently about something you're believing, you may not be in faith. Because faith will produce confidence. So, after cursing the fig tree, Jesus told his disciples to focus on the source or the author of faith. He said, focus on God. He said, have faith in God, not what it can do. He didn't say, yeah, boys, you see this tree? It was because of faith. No, he didn't say that. Peter said, look at the tree. Jesus said, have faith in God. Don't put your faith on what it can do. Put your faith in who gave it to you. Who gives us faith? Faith comes from the, When Jesus said, have faith in God, he's saying have the God kind of faith. Or have the faith that comes from God. When God saw the earth back in Genesis, it was without form, it was void, and it was dark. But what did he say? He said, Let there be light. He didn't talk about the formlessness. He didn't talk about the darkness. He didn't talk about the empty space or the void. He talked about what he wanted. He talked about what he declared. That was his focus. This is what faith focuses on. Did you know that faith has a specific focus? Faith is like a laser beam. It's like a jet fighter. You know, maybe you've seen movies like Top Gun or uh, different uh Airplane movies, right? They have a, when, when they're firing on something, what do they do? It, it says it's locked on. It locks on to the target, and that's the target it goes after. Faith is like that. Yes. Yeah. Faith locks on to a specific target. Now, the declaration or the command of the word, it changes things. Situations and circumstances. It brings about what it says. Alright? Go with me to Isaiah chapter 55. We're going to come back to Mark 11, so don't leave it too far, but we're going to Isaiah 55. I want you to hear this, alright? So, The declaration or the command of the word, it changes things. It changes situations. What was the tree like before Jesus spoke? It was a tree, it was growing, and it had leaves on it. Right? But after he spoke, the entire atmosphere and the tree itself changed the moment he spoke. When Jesus spoke, the change began to occur immediately. Because the word, it changes things, it changes situations, and it changes circumstances. Isaiah 55 verse 11. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. Did you know that the same way that God wants us to operate faith, he operates in faith? Say, my mouth is involved in releasing faith. Your mouth is the slingshot of your faith rock. Your mouth is the, is the trigger that launches the faith bullets. Your mouth is the bow that shoots the faith arrow. So shall, whose word? My word. word. See, God, when God speaks, He speaks of Himself. Why? He can't have faith in anybody else. You know, when God made a promise, Hebrews said, when God promised, He swore by Himself. Why? Because there was no one else greater to swear by. So, God abides by His own word. So shall my word... That goes forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void. In other words, when I send it out, it doesn't come back empty handed. But it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing where I sent it. How many would like your word to not return to you void? And to accomplish what you say Isn't that what Jesus said You can have what you say Right See God's word is the seed If you were to plant a tomato seed What would you expect to happen You're going to get tomatoes If you plant Bean seeds What are you going to get you plant coconut seeds, what are you going to get? See, every seed is designed to create after its own kind, right? And God's word is a seed. Go to Psalm 126. Psalm 126. Look at verse 6. He that goes forth And weeps Bearing precious what? Shall doubtless come again with what? Bringing his what? That tells me Listen to this He goes forth Bearing precious seed What happens when you plant seed? It multiplies Right? He goes forth bearing precious seed What's the precious seed? It's the word of God Right? He'll doubtless come again with rejoicing. Why? Because he's seeing the seed work. He's seeing the results of the seed that he planted. He's bringing the sheaves, and he's very excited. He's rejoicing about it. I went with.
1: Yeah. Whew,
0: it's hot out here planting these seeds. It was hard work planting the seed, but you rejoice in the harvest. Right. Yeah. He planted the seed. He sowed the precious seed, but he reaped the harvest with rejoicing. Go to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. Look at verse 23. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. Being born again, not of incorruptible what? Seed. Seed. But of incorruptible, by the word of God which lives and abides forever. Did you know that a farmer can plant seed in a barren field, and in a, in a little bit of time, that field is going to change? What's going to change? Things are going to come up from the ground that weren't there before because of seed connected with the ground. This is why God's Word changes situations. This is why it changes circumstances. This is why it changes things. It gets in somewhere. Have you ever seen a seed break through concrete? Break through asphalt. That's got some power. How about Jesus? He said, unless a, a seed of corn fall to the ground and die, it produces nothing. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. So, God's word is a seed. He gave us parables. The parable of the sower. He said, the sower sows the seed. He went, In other words, the sower went and planted God's word. So God's Word, it corrects wrongs. It restores back the way things should be. If God's Word comes to a sick body, it makes the body whole. If God's Word comes to a lost soul, it finds the soul and restores the soul. Amen? See, because God's Word, it corrects wrongs. This is why it's so important to speak the word in the name of Jesus. His word resets creation. It restores order. It makes things right. It shines light on it and it makes it true. What happened to lame people who encountered Jesus? He changed their lameness he reset creation. See, some people were born, like the guy born blind. He was born blind. Well, how can that happen? We live in a fallen world. In this world that we live in, there is sickness. There is disease. But God made a way for us to overcome it. Anybody who believes in him can overcome it. And God's word, it resets creation. He turned the man who was born blind into the man who lives seeing. He changed the whole entire makeup of the man. Alright, let's go back to Mark 11. And let's go to verse 12. And let's see exactly what Jesus did to this fig tree. You know, when Jesus met the pin tree, he did something to make you go figure. Okay? Let's look at what actually Jesus said to this tree. Mark 11, verse 12. And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, Bethany is where Lazarus lived and Mary and Martha. He spent a lot of time in bed. He was hungry. Everybody said he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if happily he might find anything thereon, and when he came to it, he found nothing but the leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. Say the time of figs was not yet. Shouldn't that matter to Jesus? Wasn't the time for fish when Peter was fishing? No. But Jesus said, cast your net on the other side. And Peter fished that side all night long and caught nothing. But when Jesus said it, the fish were there. So, whether or not this was the season for the fish, it shouldn't matter to Jesus. Amen? I mean, he walked on water. I mean... Think about it he made water I mean, he made wine out of water. He totally skipped the process of making wine. He's supposed to make wine from fruit juice. And yet I remember one time my brother-in-law's father, Kel's father, he, he lived in New Zealand and um, he made his own wine. and he would always add twice the fruit. That the rest you called for. It was pretty potent. How do you know? Well, I tried some. (laughs) Now, get this. Okay? Who is Jesus? He's the what made flesh? Okay, he's the word. Alright? Now, when he got to the fig tree, The fig tree did not line up with the purpose of the word. The word was hungry. And the word saw the tree. The word came close to the tree. The word investigated the tree. Right? He came close to it and he found no fruit on it. What does Jesus do with fruitfulness? I'm so glad he does. Let's go to John. We're going to come back to Mark. But go go to John chapter 15. Listen to this. Verses 2 through 6. John chapter 15. Verse 2. Every branch in me that bears... What? What? No fruit. He takes away. He what? He takes away something that's not fruitful. And every branch that bears fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean to the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. He that abides in me, and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you it verse 6, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch. And is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. So, let's go back to Mark 11. Alright? So, the fig tree, Jesus was expecting fruit, but upon close investigation of it, there was no fruit. In other words, Jesus did a word scan on the tree. You know, a cat scan. Jesus did a word scan. Did you know that Jesus is our fruit inspector? He's going to scan our lives to see if we're producing the fruit that he created us to produce. And if we're not producing it, first of all, he's going to purge it. That's his mercy. Secondly, if after purging, we're still not producing fruit, then he's going to remove it. What did Jesus say in Revelation to the candlestick, to the pastor of the church? He said, if you don't do it, I'm going to take your light out, didn't he? I'm going to put your light out. I'm going to put your lights out. No. He said, I'm going to remove your candlestick. I'm going to take your light out. Okay? So, he conducted this word scan on the tree. The scan revealed that it was void of fruit. So, what did he do? He got rid of it. You talk about purging it. No man is going to eat fruit of you again. Alright? Verse 14. Mark 11 verse 14. Jesus answered and said, after he found no fruit, he said unto it, no man eat fruit of you hereafter for how long? That tree has no hope of continuing And his disciples heard it. Jesus did not say, Now, boys, I'm going to give you a lesson on faith. But he demonstrated faith. And he made sure that they heard him on purpose. When Jesus speaks, it's the word talking. And what happens with God's word? it never returns void. It goes out and it accomplishes what it was meant to do. Okay? Let's go go up to verse 22 now. Mark 11, 22. Are you with me? Yes. Alright? Jesus said in verse 22 He said, Have faith in God. I have a question for you. Who can have faith in God? Anyone can have faith in God. Right? Anybody who wants faith can have faith in God. Now, if I was a visitor, and I didn't know anything, and I came to you and I said, I'm looking for faith, can you help me find where to get some? Let me ask you this question. If I wanted some jeans, where would I go to get some jeans? I go to any store. I can go to Walmart, Target, Kohl's, JCPenney. I can go to Amazon. I can I can get jeans from my pajamas in my room on the computer, right? So Jesus said, "Who should we have our faith in? Be careful where you place your faith." Jesus said have faith in God, that means we can have faith in other things. Now other things have no guarantee that they're going to come to pass. You can have faith in people, but there's no guarantee that people are going to do what you have faith in them to do. I encourage you to cast your vote. Amen? The choice is very clear. But political parties, they have platforms, don't they? And basically, what they hold as the platform is what they hold as a standard. They make decisions. They make policy based on platforms. If those policies based on those platforms become a law, it has great consequences or great results, doesn't it? And sometimes, as Christians, we don't agree with the platform. And that's okay. Amen? That just means that, that some, you know, families, they make decisions and they develop the next generation based on their standards, based on what they believe. Did you know that you're, what you believe about God, what you believe about church, what you believe about the Bible, it affects your life. Okay? Organizations, they conduct business on what they believe. And a Christian needs to live his life or her life based on what they believe. And we need to get our belief from God. We need to get it from the source. We need to look to the audience of our faith. We've got to have faith in God. Say, I have faith in God. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Look at verse 1. Now faith is. When is faith? When does faith begin? Right now. Tonight, you're hearing God's word. And whenever you hear God's word, you got to make a decision. Number one, you got to recognize, is God talking? Is that something that God said? Right? Because if, if you're going to have faith in God, you can't disagree with what God said. If you're going to have faith in God, you've got to listen to what God said. Right? Now faith is. It's not tomorrow, or oh, I'll get in faith tomorrow. You might not believe it tomorrow. Now. Let's to say now. now. The moment to get in faith is now. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Verse 6. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe. So faith comes to God. Faith goes to God to answer questions. Faith goes to God to uh, to secure your faith. And then he's the anchor of our faith. Alright? Faith comes to God and he must believe that he is. How many believe that God exists? But do you believe that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him? Now, those who believe he's a rewarder that of them that diligently seek him, what are they going to do? They're going to diligently seek him. If someone is not diligently seeking God, they're not in faith. Because Jesus said, Have faith in God. He didn't say, Have faith in your feelings. Why? Your feelings are fickle, they're going to change. He needs to say, have faith in opinions. Why? The opinion might be wrong. He needs to say, have faith in the professionals. Why? Professionals might be wrong. The only one who's not going to be wrong, the only one who's the absolute truth, the only one whose word is forever settled in heaven, is God, and your faith is only going to be effective and powerful when it's in God. That's when it's going to produce results. Alright? So our faith, it governs our responses. Doesn't it? It governs our actions. It governs our speech. And it governs our behavior. For example, Mark eleven twenty five. 25, if we're in unforgiveness, can we be in faith? No. no. Unforgiveness will hinder faith. That's why he said, when you stand praying, forgive. But if you don't forgive, God's not going to forgive you. Why? That's the whole purpose why he sent his son Jesus, right? He offered forgiveness to us all. And if we're gonna be ignorant of God, God doesn't hold grudges. Does He remember the sin that you committed yesterday? No, He forgets it as far as the east is from the west. So when we hold on to people's mistakes that they made, and we're walking in unforgiveness, we're not walking in faith. You can't be, you can't have an unforgiving heart and a faith-filled heart. Because faith works by love. And love doesn't withhold forgiveness. What did Jesus say to the people who nailed him to the cross? Who whipped his back? Who mocked him? What did he say? Father, forgive them. He's in pain. His back is on the cross. He's bloody, bruised, and beaten. And he's forgiving people. He's forgiving people in his pain. And Stephen did the same thing in Acts 7. Same thing. So, because our beliefs govern these things, it determines how you handle difficulties, challenges, tests, and trials. We're supposed to live by faith. Say, I'm supposed to live by my faith. The Bible says that in Habakkuk, in Romans, in Galatians, and in Hebrews, it says the same thing. The just shall live by faith. Did you know that faith is something that you can live by? How often do you live? Do you live once a week? Do you live once a month? You live every day, amen? So that means you've got to be in faith how often? Every day. Did you know that faith... Is the most faithful employee. It shows up for work every day. Whether or not we put it to work, that's up to us. It shows up for work, but you're in charge of what your faith does. You can accept it or reject it. You can not assign it to anything. By the way, there is no cruise control for the Christian. You've got to keep your foot on the gas. You've got to keep your hands on the wheel. Right? A faith car doesn't park itself. You've got to park it. you got to park it on Jesus. Right? So, our beliefs determine what progress we make. It, it, it determines what happens in the atmosphere we're in. 1 John 5.4 you got to go over there and see this. 1 John five four. Notice what this says. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our what? Our faith. Guess what? The world in this verse, it's the word cosmos. Right? It means something ordered. It means an ordered system. We get our term cosmetic. Cosmetic. It derives from uh, the order. See, if you want to order your life, if you want to live by faith, you've got to order your life based on what God says. You can't live your life based on your feelings. You can't live your life based on your experiences. You can't live your life based on your past. You've got to just to live by faith, and we've got to have faith in God. Faith in His Word. All right? So this faith that I'm talking about it comes directly from God. It comes from Him. It comes from His Word. It comes from His promises and it comes from His voice. Did you know that God both he, right? He's a writer and a speaker. We've got the logos which is the written word. We've got the rhema which is the spoken word. God is a writer and God is the speaker. As a speaker. Matter of fact Hebrews 12 2 says Jesus is the author and the finisher of our what? Maybe. Of our faith. So, your faith is either going to grow or diminish based on your relationship with Jesus. The closer of a relationship you have with Jesus, the stronger your faith can be. But the less of a relationship you have with Jesus, the less your faith is going to be. Okay? Faith comes from my association, my fellowship, my communion, my listening, hearing, and receiving what God said. That's where faith comes. Right? Go with me to Psalm 37. Romans 10, 10, 17 says faith comes by hearing, and hearing what? The word of God. God, Right? So you've got to be careful what you're listening to. Because what you're listening to will affect your faith. It'll make it grow or it'll make it shrink. And even the Bible is clear. Jesus talked with people who had great faith. Jesus talked with people who had little faith. Jesus talked with people who had no faith. Jesus asked people, why did you doubt? He told his disciples, oh ye of little faith. Jesus is concerned about your faith. Why? It's His gift to you. How do I know that? Ephesians 2 8. For by grace are you saved through faith. It is the gift of God, not not that any man can boast. God gave you the faith. Faith comes from Him. It's a direct gift that He gives. He gives every man the measure of faith. Alright, Psalm 37. This is how we give faith. Verse 3. Trust in the Lord. Faith comes when you trust in the Lord. When you stop trusting in anything else and you start trusting in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with how much of your heart? All, All your heart. Okay? Alright, let's read on. Verse 5. Notice, go back to verse 3 for a second. Trust in the Lord and do what? See, when you put your faith in God, there's going to be a response. You're going to talk and you're going to do. Say, faith speaks and faith does. Faith is not inactive. Faith is not passive. Faith is not a noun, it's a verb. Verb is an action word. Alright? Verse 5. Psalm so in, in verse 5. If you want to get faith, commit your way unto the Lord. Trust also in Him, and, and He'll bring it to what? Isn't that great? All you've got to do, think of your faith like a quarter, and God bringing it to pass like the soda or candy you want on the other side. Right? You put the quarter in, or maybe not a quarter these days, put the dollars in, Right? And you can pick what you want, and the machine dispenses what you want on the other side, right? You're you're hoping for a soda, but in order to get the soda, it's behind the screen. You can't get there unless you're a plastic man, right? So you've got to make an investment to get the soda. You've got to put some money into the machine. And once you put the, money, the right amount of money in the machine, you have access to what's on the inside. Oh my goodness. See, putting faith in God is like putting the money in the machine. You're making an investment into God. You're committing your way to Him. Did you know that faith is a commitment? Commit your way to the Lord. That's how we get faith. All right, verse 7. Here's another word. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not. Did you know that faith faith doesn't fret? Right. Faith doesn't worry. Why? Because worry is fear. Fear kills faith. Faith, say faith Faith. doesn't doesn't fret. It's not concerned. It's not worried. It doesn't take care. Faith casts cares unto the Lord. I'm a care caster, not a caretaker. Say, I'm a care caster, I'm a not, a not a caretaker. Right? You, you know, people say, "Oh, take care." No, well, I'm not going to, I cast that. I cast that into Jesus. That's Jesus's mail. He gets it. I little every care to him. Amen? Okay. So he said, rest in him. If you want to have faith, faith rests. Do you know when a lawyer has presented their case, what do they say? The defense rests. In other words, I've presented all the evidence that proves my case whatever way I'm trying to prove it. I've given you the evidence. Oh my goodness. God's word is the evidence. This is the title thing. When you want something from God, all you need to do is to present his word, is to say what he said to it. And then then you have to just say, I rest my case. And you just rest in the Lord. And you leave it up to him. Say, I leave it up to God. Once you do your part, you, you let God do his part. Amen? Jesus spoke to the tree. And once he, once he was done spoken to it, he said, I rest my case. And he walked away. He didn't give it a second thought. Because he knew that when he spoke to that tree, it was going to take effect, And that whatever he wanted to do to that tree, it was going to be done because he said it. And sure enough, the next day, we saw the effects of the word at work. And the word accomplishes its job. Amen? Alright. Couple more. Verse twenty-seven. Depart from evil and do good. Faith walks in righteousness. So to have faith is to depart from evil. Amen? Alright. Verse thirty one. The law of his God is in his heart, and none of his steps shall slide. You've got to allow, faith allows God to write on its heart. That's how dear faith values God's word. He allows God to write it on his heart. Can God write on your heart? God wants to write on your heart, he says, I love you, I'm for you, I'm with you you can do all things through me because I'm strengthening you. This is what he writes on our hearts. Alright, verse 34. Wait on the Lord and keep his way and he shall exalt you to my favorite word inherit the land. So, having faith means what happens when you wait on God? It means you renew your strength. It means you're actively serving God. What pleases God? Faith. Amen? You can't please God without it. And then finally, uh, oh no, that was it. So, those are some ways that we can have faith in God. Alright? We're going to explore this a little bit further. I've got some other things that the Lord showed me from a different perspective about this. But you know what? God wants you to have faith in Him. He's a firm foundation. He cannot lie. Say, God God, cannot lie. Say, God God, cannot fail. fail." Say, God God, He won't quit. quit. Say, God God, he's He's for me. He's not against me. Hallelujah. Can we can we praise God for that? Can we praise God for faith? This wonderful faith that He's given us. Faith, having faith in God, it'll cure anything in this world. It'll heal sick bodies. It will change situations. It brought dead men out of the grave. It corrected Destinies. It changes lives. This faith is a problem. And even Jesus said in Luke 18, when he returns, will he find faith on this earth? Will he find faith? Say, so he's going to find faith in my house. Say, so he's going to find faith in me. Because I'm faithful. To be faithful means you're full of faith. right, why don't you stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Say this, Father, I'm so glad for faith. I received the gift of faith that you've given to me. And I'm going to live by this faith. I'm going to speak
1: faith.
0: I'm going to believe you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to stand up for you. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to walk in love. I'm going to love people. I'm going to forgive people. I'm going to forgive myself. I'm not living by the past. God. Hallelujah. Shout about them. Glory to God. Bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. I mean, if there was ever a time
0: in the world where people need to live by faith, you know, there's coming a day when... You're not going to be able to... uh, I mean... If you think things are bad now, they're going to get worse. They're going to get worse until Jesus comes again. But you know what? The job of the church has not changed. We have been given the responsibility to proclaim the good news throughout the whole world. To every preacher. Amen? And your service. Your support and your prayers and your faithfulness and your energy and your gifts, Man, and, and you, as you're giving those to God, He's going to be able to do great things to us. Amen? We're touching nations through Palmyra. And it's only going to increase. Our life is going to get brighter and brighter as the noonday sun. We're not going to get darker, we're going to get brighter. People We need to live by faith, folks. We need to walk by faith and not by sight. We need to stop living our lives by our feelings. And start living by what God said. This is the only evidence that we need. This is our title deeds That gives us anything we want, desire, and need for our lives. We need to live by faith. We need to do. And, and you know what? Just because you live by faith, your faith will be challenged. But you know what? Your faith overcomes what? It overcomes the world. The world can give you its best shot but it's not going to succeed. And that is because you're an overcomer. You're more than a conqueror. How many things can you do through Christ? All things. So stop complaining about the things you can't do. And start praising God about the things you can do. Just a little shift in your perspective. Don't focus on the tree. Focus on God. Have faith in God. Amen? Amen. Father, we're so grateful and thankful that we can gather tonight and we can experience your word, Father. You have fed us with the word of life. You have fed us, Father, with the milk of your word, and we're growing. And we give you thanks and praise that your word has a positive effect on our lives. It is our success. It puts us over the top. It gives us victory. It leads us to triumph. Lord, we love your word. Now you've got to go out and do what you heard. Amen? If you're a doer, say amen. 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 God bless you. Have a
1: great, wonderful life.